Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Timothy 4:13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You guys can have a seat. Good morning. My name is John Demeter. I'm one of the pastors and elders here at Redemption Peoria. If you're new, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Redemption Church is one church with 10 different congregations spread throughout the state of Arizona. We seek to be gospel-centered and outward-focused, and we believe that all of life, all of life is all for Jesus. If you want to get connected with us, the best way to do that is to fill out a Connect card if you're new. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either go out to the Connect desk and fill out a card and talk to somebody, or you can text the word Connect to the number behind me, and you'll get a digital pushback for a Connect card to fill that out. We would love to get connected with you if you're new, and you want to figure out how you can plug into our body, get involved in a redemption community where we believe life happens or serve on a Sunday. We would love to do that, and that's the way you can do that by filling out that Connect card. Let me make you aware of just two quick announcements as we turn the corner for 2018. Both have to do with meetings. Sean, our lead pastor, last week talked about we're going to have a membership meeting, an information meeting, on January 28th. Let me make sure I get that date right. I know it's behind me. January 28th. It's going to be at 1020 in between the two services, so it's going to be really short. The purpose of this meeting is twofold. The first is to give you an apologetic for why we believe membership is important. What is membership at Redemption Peoria? Why do we think it's important? And the second is to get an accurate database of our current members. We've had a lot of transition in the last year, and so a lot of things have been missed, especially in communication, and we want to bridge that gap. And so if you are a member already, an existing member, if you want to be a member or if you're curious about membership, please be at that meeting. So that's, that's everybody, pretty much, unless you're a guest. We'd love to have you there. Again, it'll be really quick, January 28th at 1020 in between services. We would love to have you there. The second meeting we're going to have is on February 4th, which is also on a Sunday. Um, we went through the Advent series talking about adoption and foster care and really tried to expose you guys, our church, to the crisis that's going on in our state and what our responsibility is, not only as Christians, but also as a local church body to engage this issue. So at the end of that series, Sean talked about these are different ways you can engage. It doesn't have to be adopting a child or fostering. You can give money. You can pray. You can be respite. You can do babysitting. There's all these different ways you can get involved in helping us as we move forward with this. Um, we're going to have a meeting. Diana Clark is going to lead that meeting on February 4th. It's an information meeting. So it helps you put a name with a face, and it helps you get collectively involved on What can be next steps moving forward in this? Okay, so that's February 4th. It's going to be right after second service. It'll either be in the gym or the teacher's lounge. We'll let you know, probably in the gym. Okay, so those are the two dates. So earmark your calendars for those if you can. Put those in your brains. Um, We're going to do something a little different today. If you haven't already noticed, the stage is a little different. There's my compadres up here sitting uh, behind me. Because normally what happens is somebody will come up and read a text like Allison did this morning, and then typically our lead pastor and teaching pastor, Sean Myers, will come up and he will break down the text verse by verse. But because we are starting a new book of the Bible today, and we're going to be in it for the next 10 months, we decided let's read the whole book collectively. Let's read all six chapters of the book of Ephesians. It's an entirety. So that's what we're going to do. So in a minute, I'm going to explain what that's going to look like, what it's going to mean for us in this morning. 
and then I will pray, and then we will read collectively the book of Ephesians, the whole six chapters. Let me explain to you why we felt like this was worth doing, taking a whole Sunday to do this. The first thing is that we believe as a church at Redemption Peoria that the Word of God is living and active. We believe that it's the true story of the world. We believe that it points to the source of all life, that it's the divine compass to navigate our existence, that the Holy Spirit uses the pages of this book to speak life, truth, conviction, correction, comfort, assurance, direction. It shapes us. It changes us. It molds us. It is the food for our hungry souls. And we're going to open it up today and let it speak. Second reason we believe this is important is just Allison read here a second ago in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that we're called not only to be devoted to the exhortation and teaching of the Bible, which we are and we do, but we're also called to be devoted to the public reading of the Scriptures. That's an important part and a command that we believe and we want to hold fast to, that we would read the Bible collectively out loud together. And we do that a lot here at Redemption Puri. Even in the midst of our worship service, we will read the Bible collectively out loud. That's important to us to do. We also believe that hearing the book, the book of Ephesians, in its entirety will actually land on you differently. The Bible has different styles of literature. There's narrative, there's poems, there's historical. This part of the Bible, the book of Ephesians, is a letter. That is the style that it is. St. Paul, the apostle, writes this letter. He's a uh, missionary, and he is on his journey. We saw in Acts chapter 19, and in the midst of his journey, he stops in this big city, this port city of Ephesus. He spends just over two years there investing in people, planting the church, and then he continues on his missionary journey. He plants other churches, and about 10 years after he leaves Ephesus, he arrives in Rome. He gets imprisoned in Rome, and in Rome is where he writes his letter back to the church in Ephesus. It is a letter meant to be read as a letter. I want you to use your imagination. Can you imagine if um, our lead pastor, Sean Myers, we've We've been at church almost three years. We're going to celebrate three years meeting on Sundays next month, which is really cool. Can you imagine if Sean came up earlier a couple months ago and said, you know what, I really feel like God has called me to plant a church in Blythe. So I'm going to leave you guys. You're good. Some people are from Blythe, man. Don't laugh. He's, he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go plant a church in Blythe. And he goes and he plants a church in Blythe, spends a couple years there. He goes and he plants in Palm Springs, and he plants somewhere else. And then about 10 years after leaving Peoria, he lands in Los Angeles. He gets in some trouble, gets arrested, and he writes an email back to those that are here in Peoria 10 years after he plants and invests over two years of his life with the people here. If we were still here in Peoria and we opened up our email and we read that email we would be so excited to see what Sean wanted to say to us. How would he encourage us? But how would we read that email? We wouldn't read like one or two sentences and then close our laptop and then come back a week later and we'd open it up three sentences and close it. No, we would read it in its entirety when it first came to us publicly for everybody. And then we would go back and we'd begin to unpack. What did he mean when he said this? Help me understand what he meant when he said this. Give me context for this. And so that's why we feel it's important to read the whole letter, the whole six chapters of the book of Ephesians, because we believe that you're going to hear things that you don't normally hear when you just read one verse or one chapter. You're going to hear things differently. And that is our hope 
for you this morning. And because we are going to treat it as a letter, we're going to take out all the chapter and verse indicators. So we're not going to stand up and say Ephesians chapter 3. We're just going to read it as a letter. The other thing we're going to ask you to do, which is extremely um, abnormal for us, is we're going to actually ask you to not open your Bible. We just want you to sit and we want you to listen. I know that's super weird. Some people are like, what? We just want you to listen to the words that are being read and allow them to soak in your mind, soak in your soul, okay? So let me give you just a very, very quick flyby on the book of Ephesians, just for some context. If some of you have never read the book of Ephesians before in the New Testament, again, it's a a letter written from Paul to the church in Ephesus. In the first half of the letter, Paul unfolds the gospel story of who God is, the saving work through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, and how that radically transforms those who believe in the gospel message. And in the second half of the letter, Paul explains for those who do follow Jesus what it actually looks like to live out the gospel in everyday life in the context of unity in a church of extremely diverse people. Some of the topics included in the book of Ephesians are God's grace, the doctrine of adoption, a multi-ethnic family, unity, peace, the church body, prayer, walking in the spirit, spiritual warfare. It's an extremely deep and rich part of the Bible, and it teaches us how to live out the new humanity and our new identity found in Jesus. So in a minute, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. You can stay seated. And then we've broken down um, the six chapters in five different sections. So there will be sections on the screen with the text um, indicators, but there won't be any words as far as the text on the screen. So what I want you to do is do your best to listen, engage God's spirit, and what, what did Paul want to say to that church? What does God want to say to you just by listening to the Bible? So in a minute, I'm going to pray. And then Vince is going to be our first person up to read. He will read, stay engaged as much as you can. Charles will be our last one to read. And when he finishes, we will thank God in responding as we always do every week here. So bow your heads and do your best as your eyes are closed to imagine. Imagine you are the church. We are the church in Ephesus and Paul is writing this letter back to us after 10 years being gone, having invested his life with us. What does he want to say? What does God want to say to you? Let's pray. God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds that the scriptures we read and your word is proclaimed. We may be led to your truth and taught your will for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, 
according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near 
by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, This grace was given to preach the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made to to know the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, 
just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But that is not the way. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, 
a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who was sexually immoral or impure or who was covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, Do not provoke your children to anger, 
but bring him up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, thanks for the goodness of your truth. In the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, I pray you would Use it in the next 10 months to radically transform our lives. Thanks for your goodness, your spirit. We love and trust you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.